Hi, I'm Andrew J. Boyle. Welcome to North by Norway. For the introduction to this week's North by Norway, over to my daughter, Sorvay. Norway's great composer, Edvard Grieg, was afflicted with poor health and therefore spent most of his winters abroad. But when the snow was melting and spring was budding, he came home to the Vestland, the West Country, and then in summer travelled up into the mountains. His house outside Bergen, which he called Trollhaven, the Hill of the Trolls, is beautifully preserved. You can still sense the peace and harmony there that he needed for his creative work. Grieg was a great letter writer. Reading his letters brings you straight to the core of the extraordinary human being that he was. He lived through a time of great change in Norway, and every day he reflected deeply on his own life and times. So, the rest of this podcast is made up entirely of extracts from his letters and some of his music. Here is Edward Grieg in his own words. The idea of Norway. It's the one thing that keeps me going strong. Whether I'm travelling abroad or at home. The idea of Norway. But let me start a long way from there. I remember one concert in Berlin. Oh, a glorious evening. I mean, the audience took me to their hearts as an old dear friend. And you should have heard the orchestra perform the Peer Gynt music. It beat anything in my imagination. But there was still this contradiction. In my wildest imagination, I was somewhere else, doing something better. I dreamt of the west of Norway, the Vestland. Yes, the same Vestland that gave me life, that filled me with enthusiasm, that set for me the goal to paint it in music. Should I do the same as Ibsen, do you think? A voluntary exile in one of Europe's capitals? Well, maybe. I don't know. You've got to remember, I'm governed by this damned contradiction inside of me. And there you have it, a Norwegian artist. A queer old bird with his two-note song. Out, out, home, home, out, out, home, home. And with this song, the whole of his life just flashes past. I mean, I've no trouble understanding them. Ibsen, all the others, who have the strength of purpose to turn their back on Norway, to become European. All the same, it's not for me, for better or worse. 
I have this little thing called my Norwegian heart, which, as every spring approaches, packs me off homewards. And it's always wonderful to come from those trips with renewed vision, ready to focus again on my great goal, my lovely goal. It's always wonderful to come home to Trollhaven and the mountains. What was the best thing I ever did? Well, it was composed for a piece of real estate outside Bergen. Nothing else I did gave me more pleasure than realising my old dream, a home of my own, Trollheron. and a composing cabin by the fjord, a little hut where I could close the door on all distractions. During the building work, I took the train out from town every day. I forgot whether I was a musician or a carpenter or a master builder. A year of creativity went into the place. Take it from me, the earth round the house is full of Grieg's unfinished symphonies. Go out into the garden with a spade and turn over some earth. Norwegian songs and piano pieces ready to sprout everywhere. Well, they may look like potatoes and green beans and radishes, but don't let that confuse you. They are really full of music. Nothing else I did ever cost me so much money. Maybe you think all of my songs were written to sing of Norway. I have to admit that some were written to pay for the windows in the cellar. Oh, Trollhern, I can hear birdsong right outside the window with enough themes for 17 symphonies and 20 operas. But there are also far too many migrant birds, a constant stream of visitors, all peck, peck, pecking away at my time and energy. Everybody wants a piece of me. A letter of recommendation here. A kind word about a new overture there. Sometimes every hour of the day. I feel like a plucked chicken. I have to constantly shield myself if I'm to avoid my days turning into an unholy mess. What should I do? Just resign myself to it? Or take an almighty leap to make my escape? Sometimes I have to get away to Europe's great cities, to capitals of culture. I have to. Norway's cultural life is still just waking up.
Time and again, I have to listen to bloodless pianists who sit on the stage and torture my songs with wrong notes and false harmonies. What harm did I ever do to you? And as for singers, I've conducted singers who made, well, who made heavy going of every little phrase. Such heavy going that I could have thrown the baton up in the air and caught it again between every syllable. And don't get me started on sopranos. Oh, Lord, what are sopranos? I'll tell you what they are. I'll tell you. They're the sum of all vanity, ignorance and amateurism. I hate them all. Well, most of them. In Norway there are hordes of these tiny musical maidens, all having a go, with little or no idea of their own musical heritage. Ah, oh, there are two miracles I've waited for all my life. I've waited for them in vain. The railway line to Christiania and musical sopranos. The mountains of the West Country, I feel for them as if, as if they are human beings. The power with which my West Norway mountains draw me home, it's irresistible. And every time it's as if they still have so much they need to say to me. Thank God we have it, this one thing that helps us to cope with our existence. This longing to be at home in nature. It's the fundamental tone under all tones for anybody with ears to hear it. I can't help but feel sorry for those who don't feel attraction to the mystical undertones of nature and music. mountains, I feel something so overwhelming that I almost dissolve into it. The air, so pure and light, I'm almost near to being lifted up and whirled about. Almost, but not quite. There's always one part of me that is too weighty to be whisked off the ground. My calling to be an artist. An artist. The happiest and most unhappy person on earth. Every artist has been through it. The tug of war between 
faith in yourself and doubt. In the years that were most difficult for me, we packed our bags and moved out to the fjord and mountains of Hardanget. This was before I built the house here at Trollhaven and the composing cabin down by the water. But also at Hardanger, I had to have a cabin where I, where we could close out the world and be alone. Me and my demons. Ah, uh, well, well. The Hardanger farmers had their own name for my composing cabin. The Compost. <laughs> the first site I chose for it was on a hillside with a beautiful view but it turned out to be beside some ancient right-of-way which only the locals know anything about. So all winter I had the dubious pleasure of hearing footsteps of farmers creeping around outside. I would go to the piano, excited by something I had to try out, only to have the newborn idea smothered by the critical stares of the peasantry they stood there in the window, listening, as if they were godparents at the christening of my musical offspring. So I moved my compost, lock, stock and barrel, down to the edge of the fjord, with a spectacular view of the Folgefonne glacier. It should have been perfect, and some works do owe their existence to that cabin, but it was also the arena for a fight for my own soul. You see, I felt that I had begun to seize up, that the whole vision, my great goal, had begun to waste away. Pretty much every other day, I would decide never to write another note. The music I composed one day, I would tear out of my heart the next. It didn't feel genuine. My ideas seemed as bloodless as I felt. I lost faith in myself. Life and death and eternity, religion and art, all these great questions clouded my mind. In the end, I bolted. I ran away. From Norway, from Nina, from the fight. I travelled through Europe, putting everything at arm's length. Only with the help of my closest friends did I finally manage to see myself from a better angle and manage to see again the goal I had set myself. How great it was, how beautiful, to capture Norway in music. If my faith in myself deserts me again, I return to the mountain nature of West Norway. It's the only medicine for my soul. Fame gives and fame takes away. And God help me, it's dearly bought. If only fame could be paid off with things you don't really need. No, it pulls and tears at your most delicate threads. Doesn't rest until it has pulled apart so much that the whole weave of you is flapping like a tattered old flag in the wind. Those restless winters performing all over Europe, 
Well, both Nina and I understood that it also was a form of compensation. That's probably the right word. Oh yes, we were also getting away from having to sit cooped up in Trollhauen all winter, just staring at each other. But we were also getting away from... Uh, look, we lost a daughter early in our marriage, and then Nina miscarried our second child and couldn't have any more. To see your life's hope lowered into the ground, it took me a long time and much soul-searching just to dull the pain. But if you've something to live for, you don't give in easily. Music and culture, more than anything else, can fortify you with the strength to endure sorrow. But isn't it strange how life tests our resolve, that our nature doesn't only allow for such pain, but actually seems to demand it? Fame? Ugh, in the end I had much more fame than I'd hoped for, and less happiness. Oh, before I finish, I have to tell you about one trip to the mountains. To Jotunheimen. Jotunheimen. There you stand face to face with the great. It's as if Shakespeare or Beethoven or... Well, whatever greatness takes your fancy, were distilled and bottled in a pure extract. It was August, a crisp, clear day among the Skargastirl peaks. I'm with my friend Franz Bayer. And we have to find a way over a mountain called Freken. We ask at several farms, but can't find a guide. Not only is it Sunday, but most of the men are away on a reindeer shoot. But at one mountain farm, we meet two helpful milkmaids, who agree to accompany us up to the ridge. One of them is a young, lovely girl called Susanna. Well, all the way up, we sing and laugh, and then finally at the top, we throw ourselves down in the grass and enjoy the contents of our rucksacks. Brandy mixed with glacier water? Now that I can recommend. And you can imagine that by then, our moods have reached heavenly heights. 
but the most wonderful part of the day, well, that's still to come. Susanna has a little folk instrument with her, a ram's horn on which you can play just three notes. Up there on the summit, the girls say goodbye to us. They've got to get back down to their milking duties. And Franz and I watch, entranced, as they walk along the ridge, blonde, agile, upright, with the blue horizon as a backdrop. Suddenly, the girls stop, stand completely still, and Susanna puts the horn to her lips. Oh, you should have seen that sight, their expressive shapes against the sky. Then we hear it. The mild, melancholy music on the air, as if the mountain nature around us is singing. When the last long note dies away, Franz and I turn to each other and see that we're both in tears. Next time on North by Norway, Jens Stoltenberg, the NATO Secretary General and his extraordinary family. But for now, tusen takk for at du hørte på. Thanks for listening. And if you like the cool north, tell all your cool friends.